shit, shit, shit show. It's a fucking shit show. Shit show. Welcome back to Shit Show Saturday. How the hell are you shit shows doing this fine day? So today you're going to get to hear from a bunch of shit shows. So this is another recording from a recent Patreon group that we had. So today's discussion was faith, but we kind of go all over the place as we typically do in these groups. And I also included the banter prior to the official meeting getting going because I was a guest on another podcast this week. Um, It's called Courage to Change. And I shared a story, a classic Andrea story on that podcast that I have not shared on this podcast. So I I share the story in in the beginning of the meeting. Um, (laughs) Hopefully you guys will still want to listen to me after you hear, hear this one. It's just more evidence as to why I shouldn't drink and why you should be glad that I don't drink anymore. Um, but enjoy. I just listened to your, um, the thing you did with the, the Korean. Oh yeah. I told the poop story. I had never, I don't think I've shared it on the podcast yet. It reminded me of a time that I did something very similar. Did you? I'd forgotten about it. And then I was like, oh shit, I kind of did something like that too. It's really funny. I don't know if I've shared the poop story. It's like, so So I was at this party, I was like 16 and um, I went to the bathroom and I was really drunk and I had to like, I pooped a little and then the toilet wouldn't flush. And there was somebody that was waiting like to get into the bathroom. Like I could like tell somebody was out there. So uh, what did I do? Like a normal person would probably say to the person like, oh yeah, you know, make it seem like it was the person right before you, but that's not what I did. I took some toilet paper and I retrieved the poop from the toilet and I wrapped it up in a bunch of toilet paper. And then I wrapped it in a towel and stuck it in the cabinet in the bathroom. <laughs> Isn't that so good? It's like a Broad City episode of that. Uh, (laughs) hilarious yeah but here's the deal it wasn't that much so like I mean it could have been years before they found it (laughs) oh my gosh but doesn't everyone know that one like that's like the oldest trick in the book you know like the old poop in the closet who hasn't hasn't done that So this was New Year's. I was probably like 19 or 20. And uh, me and my best friend were at this guy's house. We've never been there before. San Francisco, like a two, three story house. And uh, I got my period and I just started using tampons at like 1920. And he didn't have a waste basket in his bathroom. There was only one bathroom. So I naturally opened up the bathroom window and threw the tampon in the backyard. (laughs) That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like a tampon in the backyard is would probably be like slightly like less traumatizing than poop in a closet. <laughs> I did I've never come back. Never tampon seen the guy after that. I'm really I need to find this guy. I remember his name was Dean. I really need to do a follow-up. Did I he ever fest, find it? I will fest to it. I don't give a shit. Oh. <laughs> I'll be here all night, folks. All right, let's get started. We're gonna. Hey, he may uh, he may join your uh, 
Patreon too, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it may traumatize him already. I feel like that should be like that was never on one of my like uh, I never did a ninth step <clears throat> for that one. <laughs> I never made amends for the poop in the closet. All right. Well, enough about poop. Once at least for now. <laughs> um, okay, so does anybody have anything they want to um they need to talk about? I'm wondering if anybody has issues with grocery shopping. Like the other day, my fridge was completely empty. And so I went to Sprouts and got $80 worth of vegan hot dogs and vegan cheese, um, some patties and some stuff. So my fridge is just full of vegan hot dogs and vegan cheese. And that's how I shop. Anybody else have the same problem? I'm not quite sure what the problem was. I thought it was I thought maybe it was the first was like, you don't like going to the grocery store. But then by the end, I thought maybe the problem was the vegan hot dogs and cheese. So they're not a problem. They're absolutely delicious. No, my problem is I go into the grocery store. I get totally overwhelmed. I just get like multiple multiples of just one thing that I know I'll eat. And then I'll just run out as quickly as possible. Take deep breaths in the parking lot. One word. Instacart. Yeah, that's I feel common. that way about Costco. Costco gives me a panic attack. I can't even have a membership. I hate it so much. (laughs) I think that's common. I think Costco, I use that as a term like with my therapist and anyone else as the gauge, like a baseline, like going to Costco with my mom or, you know, Uh that's bad. (laughs) Uh Um, Okay, let me pull up this reading. Okay, I'm glad I'm not alone. Of course you're not. Okay, let me pull up this reading. All right, so faith. Uh, It's silly and a little embarrassing. I call it the feather principle. It means two things to me, but the closest word I can find to describe it is faith. Whenever I see a feather lying on the ground and sometimes one will even blow into the house, it's a reminder to me that I'm where I need to be right now and that everything is going as planned. I think I originally got the feather idea from a movie I watched a long time ago. Whenever something distressing happened to the main character, Forrest Gump, a feather would float through the air. It's one of those things that stuck with me. It's a symbol that I can calm down and trust where I am. I was discussing spirituality and faith with a friend. It takes faith to believe in tomorrow, but I think it takes more faith to believe that I am where I'm meant to be in life right now, he said. It's easy to have hopes and dreams for our future, to have plans. We all need those. They help direct our path. And having things to look forward to and even little things makes life fun. But having faith that on some far-off day of our lives are going to be great and better, believing in tomorrow, doesn't take nearly as much spiritual discipline as it does to just believe in today. Sometimes I really don't like some of the things I have to do or that... that are going on in my life. I tend to weigh myself down with mumbling, grumbling, balking, digging my heels in, obsessing, dreading, wondering whether I can trust God, and generally making things worse than they are. It's not enough that I have to go through, endure, or do what I must. I make the job three times harder with my attitude. Feathers float. When I see one, it reminds me to lighten up. Believing in destiny and floating through it are what feathers mean to me. So I, um, I applied for these, uh, there's this like women's business grant, like they give, um, they give $10,000 every month to like a female, you know, entrepreneur. And so I submitted it, I guess it was like in May and I was, I just knew that I was going to get it. I'm like, how could they possibly (laughs) give it to me? Like, 
you know, like the, the story and the backstory and everything. And so, um, and then, yeah, so then I wasn't even, then I wasn't even one of the finalists. And I saw that there was a fucking soft pretzel company, <laughs> like was one of the, like the finalists. We'd be like, can you see I have something a little bit more important going on here than fucking soft pretzels? Um, and so then I applied for it again. Um, and I just saw today again that, you know, I'm not one of the, the finalists um, either. And um, yeah, it's, um, it's like all the financial like insecurity. It's, you know, it's really hard to stay in the present and not, and just really trust that, you know, I'm gonna be taken care of. And just trying to have this like faith that I don't need to know what I need to do. It's just gonna, you know, happen for me. And, um, but that's like a really, you know, scary place to be. You know, I'm, I'm making it like I'm getting by, but you know, I need to start making some more, I need more money. I need to start making more money. And so, yeah, it's, um, just having faith. I always have to remind myself everything that has brought me like to this moment, everything that's occurred to like come to this moment right here, right now, it's like impossible for me to think that it's not going to work out. Like it, it's going to work out. So yeah, that's my gig. Faith. <laughs> About faith. I, I don't have any in any respect. I, cause I don't trust anything to happen the way I know it's partly because of control and I can't have faith that things will work out the, the way that, See, again, I think that's control that I want them to do work out. If I know what's going to happen, I think I feel safe in really any situation. I wish I had, I guess, a preview. If I was going to meet some, you know, like go on a date for coffee, I'd want to have in my, oh, a preview, like a movie. Um, Otherwise, I build this in my head that it's going to my own preview. And then I'm, of course, disappointed. And and I don't have I really don't have the faith things will work out great. And I've realized recently something I do that's really weird and not great is that I will always assume the worst in any situation. This is going to happen. I'll figure out the worst case scenarios. And then when it happens, it's always better because I've imagined and built up this horrible thing in my head for any situation that's horribly negative. And then I don't enjoy the situation. This is anything fun. You know, I build up, oh, it's still going to be bad. Like if I have a vacation, I think that everybody going is going to get in a car wreck, either going or coming. And then they don't. It was great. So I don't really have the faith, but I'm almost putting it, my faith in the negative almost there instead of being okay, having faith that, you know, I'll deal with a car wreck or something awful. But again, I kind of do that. It's almost, it's almost, I kind of think of it like, you know, baseball players have to wear the same, you know, color or something. Just, I kind of do it that way, superstitious almost, but control. And I think all of it's layered into that. I think that we like, I think that we manifest the worst case scenario, you know? And I, I would also say too, like, 
I think that you just like being in this group, you know, that shows that you have like a little bit of faith, you know, in yourself a little bit, you know, if. Thank you. Yes. Cause yeah. you're right. Cause I mean, if I didn't or any, you know, it'd be like, fuck it. I'll just go drink and do what yeah. I want. You, yeah. There's a yeah. sliver of faith you have there. So let's just build off that shit. Yeah. I really resonate with like the, like having trouble with the faith thing because I just have a really funny conversation with my higher power often, which is like, okay, I trust you for this. I trust you for this. I do not trust you for that. And it's usually around money. Um, Almost like I don't actually think my higher power knows what it's like to be a human. And there's these parts where I still have to take over and like parent my loving parent, which is obviously dysfunction at its finest there but that's where I really freak out is the money part and I can I totally can get into the manifesting thing and law of attraction and all of that stuff but not when it comes to that is there going to be enough money to go to the grocery store which I don't like going to the grocery store so it's more like is there enough money so that I can eat out every meal (laughs) um but it's just a really new concept through ACA meetings and and all this stuff to like fully trust that the universe has my back. My higher power has my back that like, I don't have to worry about anything really. Um, And it's a daily struggle to get there, but especially, especially with money. Um, But I also cannot be an employee. Like I just, I can't, I've been self-employed for so long. And even before I went out on my own, I just can't, like, I can't show up to work for somebody else's dream. So it's this weird, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. I feel like in a catch 22, like I have to do, I have to be an entrepreneur. I have to figure it out for myself. Yet it's so scary every single day. So I really resonate with that. Yeah. A hundred percent. I'm definitely not meant to be an employee either. I mean, there's money is, uh, there's a lot of trauma in money for, I don't know any, I really don't know anyone who doesn't have some sort of trauma when it comes to money. It just looks different for everyone. Like, and it, and in my opinion, even when you have money, cause I've also, I've been broke and I've had money. And that same trauma is there. Mine is um, rooted in if you're not um, pushing, succeeding, perfection, um, doing all the things, top of the class, da 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 da, da um, you won't you won't have success. It's black and white. And because my mom, you know, that's my mom inherited it somehow. And, um, and she really believed it and she was an entrepreneur. So am I. Um, and I watched her live that out. And this woman worked insane hours and, and the fruits of her labor showed that. So then I really had that belief ingrained in me and 
I was having some health stuff and I went to one of my specialists out here and it turns out what I thought was like some sort of like sinus thing. I actually have the vid and I feel like shit. And when I get sick of any kind and I can't be productive, I'm not mentally sharp. I'm not like on it. All that, all the faith, all the serenity, all this, all the surrendering goes out the window because my body starts going in a panic. Like, oh my God, I'm not doing, I'm not controlling. I'm not, you know, make being productive. So I'm going to lose everything. Mm-hmm. So I've been, you know, I, I really feel like God humbles me by making me sick. So I can sit here and work through that. And I had to keep literally saying to myself, like, I'm safe, I'm secure, I'm supported and repeat it over and over again. I'm safe, I'm secure, I'm supported. And I made myself, I've done it like several times a day now of like looking for evidence of how I'm going to be okay. Mm. You know, like just keep looking at evidence, how I'm going to be okay. Like I've looked at my bank account, you know, I've looked at like just really reinforcing, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. But that's where, you know, there's so much trauma with money. People have a lot of money noise and pain, and then it gets passed on and it gets projected on us. And even like, I've been in relationships. I don't know about you guys, but I've been in relationships with people where their kind of money shit has rubbed off on me you know, where they like project all their paranoia on me. And then I start absorbing it. It's, it's just a wild thing to unpack, but this is a really, really good topic. It's easy to be in faith and surrender and serenity when everything's flowing and moving so nicely. (laughs) I was just going to say, I saw those episodes, you know, of the money and, uh, I'm like, wow, you know, I thought Andrea liked us. So what is this? You know, it's like uh, uh, I, I had I, I can't listen to them. I have regrets of different things. And so, you know, I much more enjoy listening about issues that I don't have, you know, myself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> those are much more entertaining. But, uh, you know, so it, it was good, even if I don't, I think I'll pull around and listen to it. the way I way my app loads on my phone or my car is like, you know, when I, if I pull it up, that one's there. It's not kind of stuck. It's stuck there. You know, I think I have to do something to unstick it until I'm ready to listen to it, but I've listened to maybe part of it, but enough to know that it's someplace I've got to go, you know, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of what it says. I'm in, and I did hear a couple of the stories of the woman who was speaking that were helpful about it's just enough to show me like, you know, my higher power is putting his finger on that. And so it's like, okay, you know, probably the smart thing to do is, is to work, work on that, mm-hmm. work on looking at, you know, regrets. I'm older than most of you. So, you know, after a while, you just, you can look back and you say, wow, you know, could have done this different, could have done that different. And, you know, um, there's no way I, I can go back in time, but but uh, it's just the whole thing about it. You know, it's stuff in my family coming up and stuff as a kid. And uh, 
that relate around money, but it's just interesting how, how, how just the topic of it sort of got me, got me uh, anxious, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and, you know, anxiety is not good, but it's enough to make me pay attention. You know, it, it there's, there was a, it touched, touched a nerve that I, that I realized I've got to go there at some point soon, probably. I'll share. Um, so I am currently having like a really hard time with faith. Um, my, my little brother, he's 27 and he's been on the road to recovery from heroin for like years now. And he was just sober for 10 months and then he broke up with his girlfriend or she broke up with him and then he relapsed and it was real messy and he went to my mom's house and my mom is just like, just, just so unhealthy and toxic for him. And so of course I'm like trying to do everything I can to help. And I went to his place. I went to his sober house, his halfway house. And I met some guys there and I, he was just dragging his feet and we were walking and I was like, I feel like he's high right now, but you know, I can't say anything. So some time goes by. He was supposed to go to this graduation party last weekend and he didn't show up and then he's he just doesn't answer and then he's like I messed up and I'm just like well you know you're not dead like this is this isn't a joke like this fentanyl is killing Mm. so many people and I just went to a 30 year old's funeral and it was so traumatic my friend's cousin and uh so I'm just trying to have faith right now he's in detox so he's somewhere safe and at least, you know, I kind of know where he is, but I'm just really worried. And it's just such a pain in the ass because I feel like if my mom would just let up and like, let him heal, he would maybe have a better chance, but she like, it's so sick. It's like, she likes that he's an addict because then he needs her. Mm. And um, there's nothing I could do about it. (laughs) So I just try to be supportive and it's just really like, it sucks. Cause you can't talk about this shit at work. It's like, they're like, how was your weekend? I'm like, it fucking sucked. Like I was miserable. And, but I'm like, Oh, it was mm. so great. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, I'm just so tired of like having to pretend I'm okay when I'm not, because this is like, you know, mm-hmm. really weighing on me. And like, I realized recently, like I literally was for years just not trying to have a relationship with him because I just was scared he was going to die and it would have been easier if I didn't have a close relationship with him. Now I'm trying to again. And um, yeah, so that's what I'm dealing with. So hopefully, you know, Mm -hmm. things will work out and yeah. Thanks for listening. My shit's heavy. So, you know, I've been, um, I was just at a funeral on Tuesday day for a good dear friend who I dated one of our best friends in our circle of friends my circle of friends there's about five couples and you know when one of your friends boyfriends passed away uh, she's the only single one in our group and she thought she you know she found her man um, he was nine years sober sober um, helped out with AA helped out with other men created a organization dog for here dogs for heroes mm. um and hearing these people talk about him i mean there was like 30 or 40 dogs at this funeral 
uh, of all the dogs, service dogs that he helped, military people too. But I heard his families, they're so fucking narcissistic. They ended up, I heard him say, one of his sisters says, because they've been estranged from him for many years and barely in the last year, bring, you know, a year and a half, bringing them into his life. And he, uh, they said, oh, we got 15 more years with him. Because, you know, he, um, you know, had a drug episode 15 years ago. He should have died then. And mm. hearing people talk about your friends, you know, their brother, it's, um, it was a, it was a good ceremony. And seeing a lot of AA members there, you know, there was quite a few of them there um, because he did other men's groups and did stuff the prisons with dogs and, and he um there was we masked up there was thousands not, not thousands but um, millions of people. <laughs> probably, probably about i don't know probably three four hundred people came through mm. it was it was amazing it was a huge event um cops were out there directing traffic <laughs> i mean it was big it was big so that's what i got um and there was a situation that happened yesterday that I will tell you um, that made me even believe in even more faith uh, based upon uh, the situation that happened at our friend Beth's house because I was changing out her locks and a situation happened and it totally made me believe in faith more. So it's... um. So fucking week has been crazy with COVID and death and but to re resonate with uh, Aaron there what you said um, to find friends right I'm 43 years 42 how old I'm 42 years old and I finally found actual friendship. It took me for a long time of not being used by people, right? Hey, can I do this with you? Can you do that for me? Can you haul this? Can you come do this for you? Can you hang drywall? Can you do this for us at our house? You know, all these favors. Well, my group of friends don't do that. So, but being truly loved, other than your significant other, it's pretty amazing. He dangled a carrot. What the fuck happened with the locks? What is this this experience? Oh. oh well, well I've only told my wife Beth. Well, Beth was there, and then Danielle and Colleen. Um, so I was changing out the locks. I worked for a lock company, and I was changing out the locks for, to her house. I did the side door, and then I did the front door. And I got to the front door, and she's got an exterior wrought iron gate type application. And then she's got a regular uh, wood door on the front of her. And I changed out the rim cylinder and I was changing out the dead boat. I'm, you know, I'm doing my thing and what the screwdriver and stuff, taking it apart. And I step inside and I'm grabbing some pieces and, and uh, I heard this cough. And I was like, what the heck? And I'm like, hey, Beth. I looked in her house. I'm like, hey, you know, because she's got a real small house. And, um, and I looked outside and there's Pete, 
Dave's dog. And I'm like, what, you know, I thought she was out back or I thought she was in the house. And she was on her phone with her friend in Las Vegas. And I asked her, I said, were you just in the house? Were you been out here all this time? And she said, yeah. And Beth said that I turned white as a ghost and I started shaking with the screwdriver in my hand and I had to walk away. And she let her friend go. And uh, she asked me what happened. And I told her, I said, there was a cough in the house. And she's like, well, that's Dave. She's pissed that, he, you know, he's pissed that uh, I started smoking again. And I mean, tears are just rolling, flowing like no other. Um, I knew it was him. I mean, there was a, I'm like, I can't believe I'm telling you folks this. <laughs> Um, it happened and I was completely coherent, not under any type of, I'm, I was totally fine. And then, um, when the cough hit me, I mean, I, it took me a good 20 minutes, right? It's supposed to be like change out a few locks and go home and feed the wife and bring home dinner, you know? And I'm like, this is. It was so upsetting. As soon as I left her house, I called my wife and, I, and then I called our, our, her other good friend, Danielle. And like, it was overwhelming, right? Um, and it just made me believe in faith a little bit more, you know, that they're, you know, when, when our friends and family pass away and then our trauma brains kick in and shit. And I heard it. I'm like, I'm like, there was a cough in the house. I'm like, it was not a machine. It wasn't air conditioning. It wasn't anything like that. The dog was out, you know, this was a cough in the back bedroom. I could hear it down the hallway. Um, so anyway, that's, uh, I can't believe I just told you guys this. So why? I don't know. It's weird. It's not weird. Um, I think I hear ghosts all the time. And I think I see things. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that wraps up Shit Show Saturday. As always, sign up for the Patreon. That is where I host weekly support groups. And it's where you say thanks, Andrea, for all that you do. Patreon.com slash adult child. Follow me on TikTok and Instagram at adult child pod. And give me a damn five star rating on Apple and Spotify. And I will see y'all shit shows on Wednesday. Bye. Don't let it all go